Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone. And as the cuckoo clock strikes 7 o'clock, it is Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the cuckoo himself, Ron Kowak, and my very special co-host, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Hi, everybody. How are I doing tonight? Uh, Roy just said to me, I can't get Roy. I can't get Ron. I don't know what happened to him. You're going to have to intro the show. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> I have no clue what, what he did. It's like I, he, he usually hangs up on me and uh, uh, then he calls me right back for the second show because this is the second half right. of Ghost Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. And so I ended up talking with Cal. I was on with Cal and, and there was no Roy. And it's like, oh, this is strange. Ah. And finally, I, I saw some stuff going on. And uh, well, there you go. Anyways, <laughs> I'm here. All is good. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad. I'm very glad you're here. So there. <laughs> so anyways, the, uh, today's show, of course, is, is sponsored and brought to you by our good friends of the Dead Air Society on Patreon, uh, Quinn Doobie. Craig DeGroote, Anna LaRoche, Anna Rocha, I always throw that Lara in there for no reason, and of course, Susan Brown, and also Circles Wisdom 386, Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, and we are right here on Tojita and Pararex Radio, so there you go, got them all. All right, so Roy, Roy's like, hey, (laughs) Roy's our producer, everybody. He's mm-hmm. like, don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> Why not? Oh, well, you got to blame somebody. You got to blame somebody. And, you know, yeah, exactly. you can't blame Ron. It's not Ron's fault. Hell no. You can't blame me for oh, anything. Oh, my God. Although hey, everybody, you know, everybody blames me for everything. So well, it doesn't really you know, matter. Well, anyway. whatever. Then yep. let's blame you. It's your fault. There you ah, go. Hey, you how's go. all that snow you guys got? God, you guys Should got be. buried up there. Yeah, I love snow. Holy crap. Two Nothing's... feet, really? Yeah. Wow. You know what we got? What? Rain. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, not for us. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'd rather have snow than rain. Thank you. Oh, I'd rather have rain. I don't have to clean it up. It's so much easier. Oh, poor don't, thing. Doesn't do everybody agree? Has to do a little work. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, I tell I, you, there is there is nothing more comforting than being at home with your family in a snowstorm. I, I think that's agree. the best thing in the world. You're sitting there and seeing it coming down on the outside, and you're nice and warm and toasty. And yeah, I love it. And it's so pretty. Everything's coated. It's it's great. I I will actually agree with that. But then when it's all done, yeah, I know. Yeah, then. Then, then yes. the work begins. Then it sucks. But yeah, you know, in, in our reality, this was a fluffy snow, so the, the snow blow was no problem. However, uh, as it got on in the day, yeah. it became a problem because it, was it became heavy and wet, heavy and like cement. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, I got most of mine done uh, uh, in in the morning when I got up and I went out and get the driveway done in an hour and a half. So that was pretty yeah. good. Oh, and people, 
you got to see Ron's driveway to be to believe it. It's like if it's got snow on it, you better get a run and start because you're not going to get up it and don't hit the brakes. <laughs> it's very very steep. You know, people had adequate cars. There's no problem with that whatsoever. Well, I have a four wheel drive truck, so I have a plenty adequate vehicle. There you go. Yeah. No problem. But just saying. I never have both my cars uh, uh, handled that very well, thank yeah. you. Oh, there's oh. Subaru as well. That's what right. Subaru. What do you know? They just dash through it. Mm. Oh my anyway. Well So it's a strange world and you and I both agree that. It is very strange. It is yeah. stranger by the day, yeah. I think. Uh I'm I feel like it's calming down a little bit right yeah. now, but yes, it's completely whacked. Mm. Completely. But anyway. So I thought we'd uh, look at the strange, mysterious world today. Uh, and uh, so that's what we're going to do. So all right. I, uh, what do you got? That, well, I, I'll, I'll start it off. I mean, we got, I've got lots of little things. But oh, good. I want to talk about strange people. All right. <laughs> Don't talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. uh, there's this guy. Uh, he's Vietnamese. Herbalist named Tran. They're all named Tran, by the way. It's like John and Vietnamese. Tran Van Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Also known as the man with the longest hair in the world. Until his death in 2010 at the age of 79, he hadn't cut his hair in 50 years. Oh. And had only washed it a few times. Oh, yuck. Gross. <laughs> gross, 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 gross. What? Why? Why would you grow your hair forever like that and not even wash it? That's gross. Because you're walking on it all the time. How are you gonna go across oh, it? Oh God! I wonder how long it was. They didn't have that information. They huh? didn't tell you how. Uh, that's would, just a tease. That's a curious. I I would want to know how long it is. Well, how do you how do you wipe your butt with that hair? Oh no! Don't go there. <laughs> don't even go there. How? Okay, I want to know. How yeah. they can even post this article and not in, in include the most important part, which is how long was this freaking hair? Well, most of these, unfortunately, are, are just teases. And yes, they don't go yes. into details, which kind oh. of stinks because yeah. I, I love details and some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, I could look them up while you re you have something for me. I'll go look oh. this up while you're doing that. Good. Okay. How about that? All, right. All right. You look that you look that up. So um, I was kind of. Uh, you know, Googling stuff today because I don't just roll that's this. That's what we do. I don't just <laughs> out of my brain, my little peanut brain. Um, and so I was looking at, I guess it's a Netflix documentary called Surviving Death. Yeah. Has I anybody seen this? I haven't yeah, I, seen it. I have. Yeah. Well, yeah. it would be right up your alley because you survived death, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a pot, long pot series. Yeah, I'll have to catch it. I yeah. just, um, I haven't seen it. So I guess it's on Netflix. 6.8 so, meters. I'm sorry? 6.8 meters long. What, how long is a meter? Uh, roughly, can, yeah, I had a little. Can we do it like in American standards since we're in America? 10.5 kilograms. Well, that, that's also very helpful. 3.2 feet. Thank you, Roy. That's in, a meter. That's in a meter. Yeah. I said roughly, Roy. Don't get picky on me. 
And how, and his hair was how many meters? Uh, 6.8. So roughly three was times 18. Six, 18, about 20 some odd feet uh, long. What would you do with that? I can't. Uh, you could sleep in it. You could uh, wrap yourself up. You wouldn't need clothes. You could just wrap yourself up. No. Yeah. Do you like cousin thing? 10 kilograms. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know which one on the Adams family thing it which was the hand and which was the hairy dude. Uh thing was the hand, right? Thing yeah. was the hand. Wasn't he? And it was the hairy. Yes, that's it. Exactly. Okay. All right. That's it. That's uh God, I don't want to think about it. Going back okay. to uh Netflix. Let's go back to surviving death. Okay, so it's based on a book of the same name by journalist Leslie Keene, and it explores near-death experiences, mediums and seances, ghost hunting, and supposed past life memories. I have definitely got to watch. I definitely have to watch this. So It's a little slow, to be honest with you. It is uh, intriguing, though. Is it? Yeah, it sounds intriguing. So um, apparently they did a lot of studies with... Uh, survivors of cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. and found that of the 140 people that they interviewed, 46% had a sense of being conscious during the event. Some had memories that appeared to have originated from the intensive care unit after the person's heartbeat had been reestablished. People reported feeling that hostile beings were torturing them um, and, and what they kind of boiled this down to was that they were probably undergoing a common hallucination that occurs when people are being brought out of sedation, having their breathing tubes removed, which sounds horrendous. It I, isn't. I've, I I've had it many times. Oh, God. I just, again, don't even want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Try I to get a catheter removed. That I've had done, but... Not as a man, and I know it's much more painful. Much more. Um, <laughs> that I have had done after uh, uh, delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, uh, 10% of the people in the study had what sounded like classic near-death experiences, and two recalled seeing or hearing their own resuscitations. Mm-hmm. Only one person had an actual verifiable memory and that p- person reported he was feeling he was hovering outside his body and accurately described events from his resuscitation, including the use of an automated external defibrillator, AED, and the presence of a bald medical professional who responded to a nurse's call for help. Uh, they were published in 2014 in the journal Resuscitation. Uh, so that's what was it? this come from this is not in the series by the way oh well this is what it's talking about yeah okay. th- there were some examples that don't fit that mold in the, in the series that's why i was intrigued by what ah. you were saying okay yeah. well maybe this is i'm kind of skipping around here so mm-hmm. oh this was a 2018 study in the journal frontiers in psychology yeah yeah okay. um, and they did this research at New York University Langone Medical Center. That's where they did the research. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading this and assuming that it's part of the documentary because I have not seen it. No. Uh, there was okay. intriguing stuff in the, in, in, in the documentary, including a woman who uh, drowned in uh, Peru, I believe, some South American country. And mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, became aware 
uh, of the date of her son's death many years ahead. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she lived knowing that when her son would die. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, oh no. FYI, Steve and I were supposed to be on this series uh, that is on Netflix, but unfortunately. Really? It, it, the time of the filming, filming was at SpuraQuest, and uh, oh, the whole I thing just didn't work uh, out. I remember you talking about that. Yep. You couldn't tell us what it was, and then it it didn't it didn't fly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just couldn't. They ended up being in Europe uh, where we were here, and then when Steve went back, they came over here. So we never did. Uh, oh God, that sucks. Well, no, it, it is what it is. Well, but, I know. Uh, it was an intriguing series. I think you, it's slow. It's no doubt about it, but it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you follow it, it's, yeah, I think it's extreme. Uh, yeah, the near death is, is intriguing. I mean, we could do a whole show on it. Uh, I, I have so many uh, reports on it and study. You know, I experienced it myself. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and I don't, so, I don't, <clears throat> you're the only person that I know. Uh, that has ever had that happen. Maureen so. had it too, too. And oh, his, when she was a young child. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I hers, didn't know that. Hers was different than than mine, uh, as well. And which we we talked about this on the on the morning uh, Monday show, Monday morning show, and uh, quite a bit that it, it's my theory because people don't all have the same experiences or have similar experiences that people have, but. Uh, you know, the tunnel thing is one of them and other people see people working on them and and uh, floating above themselves and different ones. So I, mm-hmm. I, it's my thought and my theory that there are there are uh, phases of uh, near death experience. In other words, you uh, it, it's not just like it's a it's a phenomenon, but it, it, there are different fra- phases of it. So depending mm-hmm. where you are in in this this thing is what happens. So it's intriguing, though. Anyway, wow. I'm sorry, I just kind of jumped all over you. No, it's all right. I, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me. It was just something that I kind of uh, dug up, and I believe it's so, a five part series. Really? So yeah. there was something else in here, and I think this is. Um, it says. Uh, the series delves into testable phenomena, such as physical manifestations during seances. Yeah, there's a and... uh, um, Netherlands, I believe it is. Uh, it's one of those countries up around there. In fact, that's uh, where we were when we were supposed to be filmed. So that's why oh, I know God. that. Wow. Yeah. It says, uh, the documentary uncritically discusses Franek Kluski, a Polish medium, who claimed to be able to manifest spirits that would dip their hands into wax molds and create Mm -hmm. hand molds that would have been impossible for the medium to make himself. Uh, In 1920, a French researcher conducted what he said were controlled experiments of Kluski's technique and could find no evidence that Kluski was faking. Mm -hmm. However, the documentary fails to mention the limitations of these experiments such as the fact that Kluski was not searched before the seances and fails to give credence to the testimony of magicians who demonstrated how they could make spirit hands with rubber gloves. So I've never heard of this. Um, so 
he would manifest the spirits and just create different hand molds. Yeah, that's it's this all types of physical phenomena in in, in the mm-hmm. seance. I've never uh, heard this. Yeah, that's physical mediumship, and Chris, they they in the show, uh, they go to like I said, Netherlands or someplace like that, and, and there's mm-hmm. a uh, a facility there that they, they conduct these experiments, and uh, yeah. it was pretty critical of of some of these mediums too in the series as well. So, mm. well, I mean, and they talk about how now with social media, if you're uh, a, a psychic or a medium, you can go on social media and you can gather information about people. But, you know, how can someone do that if you don't know who is attending your show? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, can you sell tickets in advance and get names? You could. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my Facebook is private. I don't, it's not public. So <laughs> like, you can't, you can't nope, just nope. hop on. It's and, not as private as you think it is. Well, <laughs> probably not. But I mean, I don't think that, you know, I don't post things about that might have happened to someone in my family who's deceased or. Right. I, I mean, I just, I think it's a stretch mm-hmm. in it. And I, and I think that if you're legit, medium or or a reader or a psychic that it's it really makes it tough on you um and and of course there's always going to be people are just going to poo-poo the whole thing anyways but Mm -hmm. i mean as as a psychic um i would for someone to get in my face and say oh you went on facebook and found out that information well no i didn't but so it just it's it's a catch twenty two I guess, um, in this instant society, that mm-hmm. people think you can snap your fingers and find this information, but you know you really always can't. But even even a legitimate medium, we know they can get certain information, but we don't know where uh, that information is coming from. I mean, yeah. they might tell you, oh, we're getting it from a. a, a a uh, a dead person, a relative, or something that only they would know. But mm-hmm. uh, the the thing is that we we don't know if it's a, a form of a mind reading where they can actually uh, meld their thoughts with you, or, or they tap into a greater consciousness. It's not necessarily we don't know that it actually comes from dead people. Is what the the, uh, the point of it is? I suppose because there's no proof that you can actually give that can prove that so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> anyway. well you believe you believe or you you believe exactly. or you don't exactly. and, I, and i think that's what it comes down to and i mean i know when uh my future daughter-in-law lost her sister to a very tragic accident years ago and she was here visiting for christmas one year and uh i reached out to a psychic that i knew and said because she really wanted to have a reading my 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 daughter, future daughter-in-law. And I said, well, I know somebody who could give you probably a great reading. And it was just off the cuff. I mean, she didn't even know, uh, you know, my son's fiance's name. Mm -hmm. And she just walked in and, and just had a fantastic reading and it it made Mm -hmm. her feel good about, making a connection about the things that she told. I mean, she pulled up stuff that was very, 
you know, it wasn't something Kenzie would have put out. Right. Yeah. That not necessarily. This girl could have found out an hour before right. she went over to have the reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, anyways, uh, you know, these times that we we. Uh, we could use a little piece. So in 1973, a holy man by the name of Shadu Amar Bahai raised his hand in the air for peace and never put it down. Before 1970, he was a normal middle-class man. One morning he woke up and decided to leave it all behind and serve the Hindu god Shiva. Uh, three years later, believing he was still too connected to his pleasures of mortal life, he decided to raise his right arm and keep it raised forever. 38 years later, it's still up in the air. Oh, my God. Right on, brother. Right on. That's pretty crazy. You think? Uh, Yeah, I think so. John has asked us uh, in the Togi chat, does the Fountain of Youth and the Lost City of Atlantis count as Mysterious World? I would say yes. They could. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is the Lost City of Atlantis really? We have no evidence that they true? ever were. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. We don't have any evidence that they ever really existed. Or the same with the Fountain of Youth. Yeah. So the Fountain of Youth is in Florida. Florida. Yeah, but there are there are other ones, anyways. My husband has been there. I remember him going. I can't remember where in Florida it was, but of course it was in Florida. Of course it was, because it's warm there. Speaking about the Fountain of Youth, there was this guy, uh, Yoshito Nabasatu. (laughs) He was a Japanese inventor with over 30,000 patents to his name. Uh, He claims to be the original inventor of the floppy disk. For the last 40 years, he has been conducting research on how to expand his, his life. Which is why he has mercuricalist what photograph, catalog, and analyzed everything that he's eaten since he was forty-two. Meticulously, is that, that what you're too. trying to say? Sure, that too. Ah, there you go. Okay. In two thousand five, his he... investigation uh, got him a Nobel Prize. Cut it out. Nope. Because he kept a food diary of everything he's eaten since he was forty-two. Uh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, he's, why he's, should anybody get a Nobel Peace Prize for that? Because he's got a correlation of his health versus the food. It's great. His investigation—it's uh, 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 a link uh, uh, between uh, intelligence and eating habits have earned him a Nobel Prize. And how old is he? Uh, it's another one they don't give the thing. Is he like 136? I mean, I, have I no can clue. keep a food diary. Can I win a prize? Sure. I mean, honestly, kind of do keep a food diary every day. I'm doing Noom, so, you know, I have to write it all down. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's that's very, that is very strange. It's okay with me. <laughs> Does he, doesn't he get money? You get money for the Nobel. Yeah, you get, Nobel. yeah a million bucks. You get a million bucks yeah. for keeping a food diary. Yeah. Wow. I got to get on board with this. <laughs> it's too late. Uh, Sorry, uh, done. Damn it. Damn. Maybe when you're 100, they'll give it to you. Well, okay. I guess I better start now then. 
Yeah, but uh, I guess sports. Everything, true. and you got to <laughs> correlate it with your life and your intelligence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Did you ever think about plastic surgery? No. Uh, a Korean no. woman by the name of Hang Mickle did. Hang. Yeah, she be yeah. And she became addicted to plastic surgery in an attempt to bolster her career. After a large number of surgeries, she decided upon herself to inject her face with cooking oil. What? Cooking oil. She's, yep. she's a bright bulb, that one. Okay. The uh, self-procedure self left her face disfigured for life. Eventually, she went on television and asked for donations to help her undergo corrective surgery. The surgery was a success, and, and they removed 60 grams of oil from her face. Ew. And she was still left unrecognizable. What is, oh, my God. I just can't. Yeah. I can't. What? And Why? Why would she think that was a good idea? Are you kidding me? Do that for you butts on some people oh my no that's just really even more bizarre i'm sorry mm -hmm. sir mix a lot and all that well yeah i don't know, I don't know. yeah don't anyways know. you got something short we're coming up to the break here uh i don't think i have anything short enough to fit in like the next minute all right that's so, all right i'll throw this on here then uh just lather about something else in 2015, an 87-year-old Chinese grandmother stumped doctors when she became came to them with a large curved horn in her head. According <laughs> to reports, it started out as a black mole in her forehead, and suddenly the mole split open, and a horn started growing. Uh -huh. And there you go. She, she's a unicorn. You got there it. You go. She's called the unicorn lady, and <laughs> we've got to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Oof. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles, maybe, I don't know, matter left by now. Know. Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation, with Ann and Ron, right here on Tojinet and Parrax Radio, brought to you by uh, members of the Dead Ear Society, Dan Quinn, Craig DeGrout, Anna Isabel Rocha, and Susan Brown. And you could be one, too, if you go join us on Patreon. We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. 
Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian. And tonight we're just talking about weird world stuff. Just weird stuff. Very, very, very strange stuff. So you'll be glad you're back. (laughs) Or we're back. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So, all right. I have one. And this is, again, something else I never knew. So the Raven Queen is missing from the Tower of London and is feared dead. Oh, that's not good. No. So the Tower of London uh, was built by William the Conqueror and began its constructions in the 1070s. Hmm. And other monarchs further enlarged and reinforced the building. Inside its fortified walls, Britain's kings and queens have imprisoned traitors to the crown, staged as executions, stockpiled weapons and hoarded precious jewels they also created a home there for a small group of ravens Mm -hmm. Uh, and the birds have been known collectively as an unkindness since at least 1486 when the term was published in the book of saint albans blah 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 so lore dating to the days of Charles II, King of Scotland, England, and Ireland from 1616 to 1685, states that six ravens must live in the tower at all times. And the crown and the tower itself would fall if they left. Yep. Okay. So today... takes care of them. Yep. There are seven ravens residing there. There's six official birds and one spare. Uh, Merlina, along, yep, spare to the throne. Uh, Merlina, along with Erin, Grip, Harris, Jubilee, and Poppy, uh, occupied lodgings in the tower's south lawn. And they don't name the spare raven, I guess. Um, and one of the tower guards, known as a beef eater or a yeoman warder, is also the designated raven master. And he is tasked with caring for the birds. Uh, Christopher Scaife is the current Raven Master, feeding his charges blood-soaked dog biscuits as a special treat, Mm-mm. settling flock-based feuds and foiling escape attempts. So apparently, Miss Merlina was a free-spirited Raven, and she went missing around Christmas time. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently, so they, the, the feathers in the wings of the tower ravens are regularly trimmed to keep the birds close to home, but they can still fly short distances. And despite these precautions, some of the more adventurous ravens still manage to stray too far. Uh, so apparently one of, so the ravens generally choose to stay at the tower 
and they're incredibly well fed and cared for with blood soaked dog biscuits uh, by the mm. Raven Master and his team. But however, she's been gone so long that they're thinking that she will return home nevermore. Ah, so, uh, she'll be greatly missed by her fellow ravens. The Raven Master and all of us at the Tower Community Tower representatives tweeted. Ha ha, get it? Tweeted? Ha ha ha. But anyways, so they got that spare bird. So apparently they're still good. Tower's not going to topple over or anything. I believe Megan Mocking. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Mm. All right. She's anyway. not Markle anymore. She's married. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it does. No, it don't. Plus, they left. They left. They went to Canada. They're coming back. Her fault? They're How coming her back. Fault? Whatever. They upset the balance. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Mm. Hey. Prince Harry asked her to marry him. It's his the forces, fault. The force has been disturbed. <laughs> Speaking about surprises and siblings, yeah. by God, God, by, by God, oh an, an Indian man from Nagapur always felt self-conscious about his big belly. One night in the summer of 1999, he was rushed to the hospital with a stomach so swollen he could barely breathe. Ew. Doctors discovered the half-formed body of his twin brother, who was never born. Oh my God! No. Yeah. No. Yeah. He'd just been living with that. Yeah. That's. Yeah. There you, you go. Win. You win for the weird award. Oh, I'm sure there's more than. <laughs> oh God. Gross. So they just. Basically, did a cesarean section. What I mean, oh <laughs> uh, god, mm. that's horrible. You think so? Yeah, that's really very bizarre. Um, okay, folks, so probably a lot of people already know this, but if you'd like to own the site where there was a brutal axe murder, actually, murders. Oh, Lizzie Morton's home yep. could be home, could be your home for two million dollars. Holy crap! Um, two million dollars. Does our does our friend still own that, or was she? She's, she's always the caretaker. She doesn't own it. Oh, she doesn't own it. Oh, no. I thought she owned it. Well, and that's two houses too, by the way. Oh, it was the uh, parents. It's the, it's the Lizzie's house, and then the the house the she moved to. No, the house, house, the house she moved to afterwards. Oh, I didn't know it was two houses. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, it's it, it, Raven. It isn't the name of the house, right? Raven something. I'm no, not sure. No. Well, anyways. Uh, so yes. So down here in uh, our neck of the woods in Fall River, Massachusetts, got the Lizzie Borden house, and we've been there a number of times. I know, Ron, you've been there way more than me, but I've I've been there a couple times with you. And the current owner is uh, ready to retire and is offering the home for sale at a price of $2 million. And an unusual feature of the house, dating to when Andrew Borden remodeled it for his family in 1872, is that there are no hallways except for the landing on the second floor. And uh, you had to, something I never realized about this house, you have to go through one room 
to get to another. Yeah. And it's that was why it made this this murder uh, kind of, you know, hard to believe that whoever was in the house could have hidden anywhere because there wasn't anywhere for them to hide. But uh, at any rate, so uh, if you'd like to buy this place, uh, there's four rooms and uh, two suites. The suites, the larger rooms that were once shared by Andrew and Abby, got, got the 40 wax, uh, and by Lizzie and her older sister, Emma, who was not home, conveniently, when her father and stepmother were slaughtered. Uh, one of the smaller rooms is called the John V. Morse Room, where Lizzie's uncle stayed the night before the murder. And that's where Abby's body was found. So uh, you might think that the site of a double, double homicide would be a questionable destination for a relaxing getaway. But the real estate listing encourages prospective buyers to imagine taking a lighthearted approach to running this unique bed and breakfast. Picture yourself serving fun hatchet cookies. Mm. There you go. I could, mm. I could do that. I could imagine myself doing that. Yeah, I could. Ah, you like to bake. Oh, I love to bake. Ron, Ron would make great hatchet cookies. Sure. <laughs> we could make little skulls with a hole in them. Oh, yeah. cookies not my thing. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Ah, well, what other weird things have you got for me? Oh, that with I, names you can't pronounce. <laughs> how about eighty-three-year-old Iranian? Uh, Amu Jaha. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't bathed in uh, sixty years. Oh, God. It's, you put him in there with the guy with the eighteen feet of hair. He believes that uh, being clean will make him sick. His Ew. favorite food is rotten porcupine. Come on! And he loves to relax with a pipe full of smoked uh, animal fecus. You are making this up. No, I am not. Yes. He sleeps he sleeps either in a grave-like hole in the ground or an open brick shack and drinks five liters of water a day from a rusty oil can. He also, he's single, believe it or not. Oh, but girls. He's, but he's looking for love. Oh, girls. There's your dream man. Hit him up. How? I mean, I don't Look, even know. Where? How do you... How do you Go there. I mean, where, it's bad where enough. Is, What's that? Where is he? Where is uh, he? The girls, the girls want to find him. Oh, he's in Iran. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh -huh. In a cave? I mean. Uh, well, a hole in the ground. <laughs> or an open brick shack, whichever one he happens oh, to pick for the wow. day. Oh, but you get plenty of water from a rusty oil can. Certainly enticing. And you must enjoy rotten porcupine. That's and smokes. Someone made pipe, that up. pipe filled with animal. Feces. Someone made that up. No, they didn't. It's just I refuse to believe it. Nope, no, I don't it's care. true. It's true. I don't. I don't care. Fake news. I don't care. No, nope, it's true. <laughs> oh God. Ew. I don't even know where you find this stuff. Okay. No, Who likes UFOs? Anybody? I, I don't. love UFOs. You like UFOs? Sure. So what apparently the CIA has released an entire collection of UFO-related documents. 
to the truth, a truth seeking website. Uh, let's see. I don't know what that's the black vault documents cover everything from mysterious Russian explosions to top government officials being hand delivered UFO Intel. More than three decades worth of government UFO records are now yours to download and peruse. All right, folks, hop on this. Uh, The massive data dump includes more than 2,700 pages of UFO-related documents declassified by the CIA since the 1980s. The U.S. government also calls them Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAP. Okay, according to the Black Vault, ah, that's the truth-seeking website, uh, an online repository of UFO-related documents operated by author John Greenwald Jr. The documents were obtained through a long string of Freedom of Information Act requests filed over the last quarter century. Over time, so many requests piled up that the CIA CIA created a CD-ROM full of declassified documents known as the UFO Collection. In mid-2020, Greenwald purchased the CD-ROM and he recently finished uploading its contents as a series of searchable PDF files on his website. Apparently, you can find these at The Black Vault. Uh, The documents cover dozens of incidents, including the 1976 account of the government's then-assistant deputy director for science and technology being hand-delivered a mysterious piece of intelligence on a UFO to the description of a mysterious midnight explosion in a small Russian town. Uh, So they're going to continue to research and see if they can get additional documents that are still uncovered. Uh, And the data dump arrives months before officials from the U.S. Department of Defense and intelligence agencies are due to appear before Congress and spill their guts on everything they know about UFOs and uh, a provision attached to the nearly 5,600-page, oh, this was in the COVID-19 relief bill, okay, passed in late December 2020, requires the agencies, why is this in the COVID-19 relief bill? This makes no sense. Why is the uh, money About, for Salam, S- Somalia oh, in there, too? I don't even know. Submit a report within 180 days to the Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Committees on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. So apparently the provision follows a banner year for UFOs when startling footage of an unidentified object darting around several U.S. Navy planes in 2000 and 2000, I'm sorry, 2004 and 2015 was finally declassified. So apparently... Uh, there's two, more than 2.2 million pages of UFO-related material on the Black Vaults. Happy reading. Enormous archive. Uh, so, there you go, folks. Get in it. Huh. Uh, Greenwald filed his first Freedom of Information Act request in 1996 when he was just 15 years old. So, he's been after this a mighty long time. I guess so. So there, there you go. If you're into UFOs, have at it. Holy crap. I so is it 25 inches a small waist? Yes. I would consider it a small waist. 
So anyways, German woman Michelle Kobe shrunk her waist down from 25 to 16 inches by wearing a corset 24-7. Ew. She's not done yet. She hopes to get it down to 14 inches. Why? Why? That's ridiculous. Really? You'd have like a, you'd be like a little little child. Really? Grown woman can't have a waist that small. I mean, I guess. So you shouldn't mess with nature? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think so. I think that's, it's got to be painful. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Annie Hawkins-Turner also uh-huh. agrees with you that she shouldn't mess with nature. The Uh-oh. woman the woman wears a bra, bra size equivalent to an American 52L. Oh. She has the largest breasts in the world. She wow. has reputed, repeatedly refused breast reduction surgery, explaining, I don't ma- want to mess with nature. Yeah, what does the rest of her look like? As my okay. breast muscles grew, my back developed support. Mm-hmm. 52-inch. No. Well, no, 52. What, what's a 52L? I That's have. A, I can't even conceive of 52. what that would be. That's bigger than Dusty Morgan, I'm sure that. (laughs) I mean, that's nuts. That's, I don't even know how she can stand up and down. All all I can say, if her boobs are that big, the rest of her is also. uh, Not necessarily. Commensurate. You got a picture? Pictures or it didn't happen? No pictures. Did I get, ah, but you know what? Didn't happen. Well, you, well, you, well, I'll tell you what, while you, uh, yeah. you do that, I'm going to go find this girl. All right. You do, you do a Google image search. I will do that. And I want to see a picture of this woman and her sure. 52L boobs. I will find those boobs for you. Yeah. You go at it. My husband's in the other room going, what? <laughs> what? Don't worry about it. I'll find them, Tom. All right. All right, so I'm glad you go look for that. All right, so I haven't done a cemetery tripping, and I don't even 43 know 43 inches. What's 43 inches? Uh, Her boobs? No, yeah. they're more than 43 inches. Sorry. Nope. Nope. Maybe her waist, but not her boobs. I don't know. That's not it. Wrong answer. Eh. No, okay. no. Uh, if you if you go around the chest, it's uh, six feet. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, you're supposed to be looking for her picture. I know. Oh, I have I have her right here. You have her. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't really. Okay, so let me uh, take a picture you of this. Gotta I'll post that this, to the Facebook. Yep. Don't just download it. Don't. Okay, so I want to talk about cemeteries for a moment because yes, please do. it's been so long, so long, folks. I miss our live show and my cemetery trippings. I miss Ron, so uh, I just you are miss. Sad. Uh, I just sad, but I just miss all the stuff we used to do, you know. So uh, I was thinking tonight. So my my friend Petunia Jade from the Gravestone Girls went to Italy. Years ago, pre-COVID, many, many years pre-COVID, 
and saw the most amazing cemeteries in Italy. And I thought, someday, this is on my bucket list, and I am going to go and see it. So one of the, the first amazing cemeteries is the monumental cemetery of Staglieno Genova, or Genova. Uh, it's located on a hillside in one of the eastern districts of Genoa. It is one of the largest in Europe and covers over a square kilometer. It features hundreds of striking marble sculptures and monuments to the famous citizens buried there. Uh, and they just have amazing statuary everywhere. So one of the famous uh, pictures from this cemetery is a statue in the Rabato family tomb. And it became world famous when a 1978 photograph of the angel by Bernard Pierre Wolf was used for the cover of the Joy Division single album, Love Will Tear Us Apart. And it's basically Aww. an angel laying on her back with her hand over her face. It's just a beautiful uh, portrait. And apparently a lot of different album covers have utilized pictures from this cemetery. So... Put that on your bucket list, folks. Uh, and next time you go to Italy, when we can all fly again. <laughs> so how are we doing over there, Van Helsing? You got that picture I, posted? I'm trying to post it. I did have found it, and i got to find out where I put it, unfortunately. Where, oh, there she is. What is this called? Okay. All right. I well, found I, it. I, keep I talking. Can, I can move on to the next thing. All right. Please do. I'm almost there. So... Another uh, famous cemetery in Italy is Cimitero Catolico, which is near the pyramid in Rome. And this has another very famous angel, the Angel of Grief, which is my personal favorite by William Wetmore Story. And this, this particular sculpture has been copied so many times. It says it's been replicated more than 40 times and decorates funerary monuments all over the world. There's one very close to me here in Massachusetts in Hingham Cemetery. And it's also a appeared also on rock band's album covers. So Evanescence used The Angel of Grief. The Edges of Twilight by the Canadian rock band The Tea Party used this. Uh, there's a Greek heavy metal band that used it and a really? symphonic. Okay. Once by the Finnish symphonic metal band Nightwish also used it. So it's on the cover for album covers, but I mean, for us in America, the thing that you would most commonly have seen or identify with is from Evanescence. And that's pretty cool. I think, and it is a beautiful uh, just Google Angel of Grief if you want to see. It's it's basically an angel which has thrown herself over a, 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 a monument and she has her head down on her arms. It's just and is and is crying. It's it's oh, it's so touching. It makes me just want to cry. So anyways, that is my other famous Italian cemetery. How are we doing? Do I need to talk more? It won't let me post. It won't let me post it. Why not? The privacy oh. settings for this post 
prevent you from sharing it. Oh. Oh, so she wants people to know, but she doesn't want people to see her. Evidently. That's nuts. Don't put it out there unless you can back it up. I'm sorry. Sorry. All right. Well. Anyways, back to where I was. We'll work on that later. Yeah, I'll, I'll track her down. The lady with the six foot boots. 52L. Ah, Janet, I heard her. I want to see it. She said, I want to see it. <laughs> how about how about thigh knock? Thigh knock? Yeah, he's a Vietnamese Vietnamese man. He has he claims he hasn't slept since nineteen seventy three. Really? He'd yeah. be dead. That's right. Look at it. He'd be dead. Yeah. There's no way someone cannot sleep. And of course, the probably the most strangest person that I've run into on this list is uh, King Christian. The seventh of Denmark. Uh huh. Yeah, King Christian the seventh of Denmark. Yes. He was pretty nutty. Uh-huh. Uh Most he he would like throw his food at guests, <laughs> and yeah. then uh, he would start masturbating. Ew! Christian became. I didn't want to know that. Abnormally fascinated with his penis and started masturbating, masturbating so often that it interfered. Thank with God his, the doorbell. That it interfered with his ability to room oh, and his no. health too. No, la 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 la. He had enough sense not gross. to do it in front of visitors, but oh, it doesn't mean he didn't do it. Here's other strange what? things. This is just oh, stop. Ron. When someone stop. bowed for him, no, he would stop. often leapfrog over him. <laughs> he would slap stop. people in the middle of in the face in the middle of a conversation for no reason at all. With his penis? <laughs> and he would pull out the rug from under him to gain control of the kingdom. <laughs> oh my god. He really didn't care too much. All he wanted was right between his legs. (laughs) (laughs) And there we go. That's in the show. Unbelievably. On that note, I apologize to everybody who's listening to us right now. I, yeah, that's. I I did not make this up. Anyways, I'm just saying, this is the stuff. You made up the guy who smokes. I did not. I did yes, not. You, did. you know it's tr- you know it's true. No, I found I it. On, nope. I found it on the internet. You know it's true. It must be true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we gotta go. You've been Thank listening God. to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with oh. Ann Carrigan and Ron oh. Kolick right here on Told You That and Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, three eighty six Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, fifteen High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very, very special friends, <laughs> members of the Dead Ear Society, our compadres on Patreon. Not so check, tonight. They're getting off. Check out the, the <laughs> unique. When you become a Patreon member, <laughs> you get access to unique stuff that you can never get anywhere else. The oh, show yeah. should have been, been somewhere else. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. All right. There's the tunes. Ooh. We're going to go. Good night. Right. God bless. Stay safe. Remember, the thoughts of the show are not necessary. Those are Ann or Roy. No, they are not. No, they are not. Good night, everybody. We'll catch you next week.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. Have you heard? 